I would hope, I know it's not true, but if I could have a spirit animal, I would want it to be Theron. Um, and just no. unabashedly just embracing the world. Unfortunately, my spirit animal is probably closer to Snorlax. <laughs> and uh, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to the Fox and the Stone. I'm Tyler. And I'm Theron. What's up? And it's a podcast where two friends talk about nerd stuff, mental health, and pop culture. And today we have with us some guests, plural. Plural. From grad school, our friend Annabelle. Hello, podcast world. And her lovely wife, Candice. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> welcome to the couch y'all like, hi thanks for having uh, us thanks for coming on the show today we appreciate it when we were standing in line for the movie that we're going to talk about today i was talking i think it was annabelle and i was like hey no actually candace i ran into you at PetSmart and was like hey guess what oh, yes. theron and i do a podcast and since we're all going to see this movie together called black widow you should come on and uh, talk about the movie with us and you were like oh i don't know we'll see originally I, I said no and then i said annabelle will do it though and then i came home and told her and she said no <laughs> so now like, we I'm both have to do it trying to be supportive <laughs> because that's what love is that's is. what love is you all heard it here first that's what love Aww. is well we're really excited for you both to be here today Let's start as we always do with a mental health check-in and typically we toss it to our guests first. So if either of you just wanna kinda do a check-in about where you're at mentally, if you want to, if you don't want to, you don't have to. It's totally up to you, so. I'm good. You're good as in mentally good or you're good as you don't wanna give a mental health check? Both. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good to me. Well, for me, I feel pretty good at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. Generally, I'm quite a chill person uh, Mm -hmm. for just kind of my norm. Um, There has been a lot of elevation, though, for my workplace. And so I have felt the runoff of that kind of absorbing other people's stressors. Uh, But I have then been trying to take care of myself, like outside of the workplace. Um, right before we started recording, I went and I took an evening shower. And then afterwards, I just like threw my towel on the bed and just sprawled out. So mm-hmm. for those don't know, who don't know me, just think of like an overweight Asian woman, just like <laughs> spread eagle naked and just drawing out in the universe. I was just basking in the silence of my bedroom. And um, and then I was notified it was time to do the podcast. So, you know, and I graciously dressed myself, and here I am. <laughs> well, wow, Annabelle, that that's that's a great way to take care of yourself. Thank Just you. Just Freddie, go out there. Just 
starfishing <laughs> on the bed. I mean, all glory, right? All glory. Let it all hang out. <laughs> yeah, so Anna- Annabelle mentioned that she was super chill, and that's true. I remember whenever we had, like, really intense and stress-inducing papers that were due, and all of us were freaking out, and Annabelle was just like, yeah, I'm a little worried because my work schedule is pretty intense, but I feel confident I'll get it done. And then the next day we'd be like, hey, Annabelle, how'd your paper go? And you'd be like, I haven't slept in 48 hours, and I feel like I have a pretty decent paper. And I'd be like, (laughs) how are you being so chill about this? Because Theron and I are freaking out crying on the way to class later that sometimes we would discuss previous assignments and some of them i would not remember whatsoever and it's probably because i just did a complete (laughs) deep dive just balls to the walls right before it was due oh gosh i remember one classmate and obviously we don't name names in here but i don't know i don't know what was going on but the the pay- it was like a large assignment that was due and she was like on page one at 9 a.m. And when it's due at 9 a.m. <laughs> and we were like, what are you doing? She's like, I haven't finished my paper yet. And we're like, how far are you? And she's like, I'm on page two. And I was like, um, oh, it's 25 pages, Mary. <laughs> like, get it together. I think you're a little behind. Well, those cover so, pages are important. They, they <laughs> really are. Who you are. Yeah, that title you have to, will draw them in. You have to really hone in on the APA format. Yeah, she would wait until the night before, and then she'd stay up all night and write it. And I said, why didn't you start working on this like earlier this week like you said you were going to? That's somewhat inaccurate. Usually I had all of my sources kind of new and pacing that by a certain date I needed to have at least to this point done. I needed to know my material and then just bring it all together. Uh, I got see, you. Uh-uh. I call shade. Because one time we talked, you were just like, yeah, I'm just going to go home, take a quick shower, pull my sources, and then just knock it out. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is a 12-page paper deep dive into like some weird theory that one of our teachers have figured out to torture us with. And you're just like... Fine, like, because I'm upset every time we had to turn in a paper, I'm pissed off. And here's Annabelle with Krista in tow, looking like spring chickens. We we did an all-nighter, we're fine. And I'm, like, dying, and I actually got a full eight hours of sleep because I turned <laughs> in my papers Friday morning. <laughs> I remember one night I was up, and I, I remember texting my mom and being like, it was just, like, one in the morning because I know she would, like, wake up from the text. And I was like, hey, mom. Um, can you call me to make sure I wake up at 7.30 a.m.? I'm not going to go to sleep until like maybe 4 or 5. And she was like, yeah, son, I got you. And sure enough, 7.30, she called me and she was like, hey, are you awake? And I was like, I got like two hours of sleep. And I was just a walking zombie that entire day. I don't know how I didn't fall asleep on the way home. Your mom sounds great. That's an amazing accountability. I don't know how... She really is nice. I don't know how somebody wakes up from a text message. I don't wake up from a tsunami outside my door when a tree has been knocked to the ground. I don't wake up from it. So you were tired the next day? Like, you're, like... Oh, I was dead. Yeah. Well, whenever I have little sleep... To little to no sleep. I'm usually fine the next day, really energized, and it's the uh, 
the day after that day. Oh, mine was the there. afternoon. Yeah, I'm I'm typically like you too, where like I'm okay in that morning. I mean, like I'm so tired, my face hurts, but once I get past that, I feel okay. But it crashes and burns at like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Oh. And then if I nap, I'll probably nap until 11 p.m. that night, and then I'm up for the rest of the night, so my whole rhythm is just messed up. So, but um, yeah, mental health check-in for me, doing pretty good right now. Pretty stressful work week. Uh, it was a pretty stressful day. We had some some deadlines that we had to meet, so I was running around making sure that was taken care of. Um, my therapist and I had a pretty good discussion Monday. I had a lot to talk about Monday, and she was like, it sounds like you're not really using your coping skills as much as you should be. And she said it a lot more like strength-based, you know, but, and I was like, you know what, you're right. I need to do a better job at when problems present themselves instead of kind of being reactive instead of proactive. So, um, um, didn't do the best today, but I did good four out of the five days. So I guess that's a win and that's progress. So, but at the moment I'm doing pretty good. I have a, a run tomorrow morning, so I'll be going to bed soon to prep for that and to continue to be hydrated but other than that uh i'm doing pretty good today there what about you i do it so 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 good that's stop <laughs> good 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 oh, that song i love that song because it's annoying i'm doing great uh this has been a really interesting work week for me um a lot of psychological assessments and just keeping my clients accountable on doing their coping skills and you know making sure that they're using positive thinking and questioning those negative thoughts and seeing what they need to unpack in their mental health purse and they don't need it and see what they do that they that they need to carry with them and what they don't need to carry with them so Mm -hmm. a lot of just that like all my sessions this week have been great um i didn't really do much monday but overall i'm good um we're not going to talk about it, but the project that I'm working on is basically done as of next Saturday, so I'm really excited. Um, I got my hair done today as well, and they're in twist instead of the normal dread styles, and it's making my head fucking hurt. But that's the price of beauty. I was going to note that you look amazing. I also Thank love the musicality way. that you had with your little <laughs> introduction. Um, I would hope... I know it's not true, but if I could have a spirit animal, I would want it to be Theron um, and just unabashedly just embracing the world. Unfortunately, my spirit animal is probably closer to Snorlax. And uh, that's true. Snoozing away, sometimes it gets up to eat or to roll over and scratch its behind. And it seems to be in the way more often than not. (laughs) no you're never the way thank you for your kind words um if i was a pokemon i would definitely be the jigglypuff from the tv show because if i don't get enough attention and you fall asleep on me i will draw on your face so you will remember (laughs) Uh, (laughs) what about you candace what pokemon would you be and why um i want to say charmander because he's cute (laughs) kawaii dansu i was also going to say charmander because that's yeah, who I always cute. that and that's like always who I choose whenever I start a new Pokemon game for the fiftieth time. I'm great at starting games fifty times over instead of finishing it one time. 
So Theron, let's hop into our new segment, your favorite segment of the pod. Sick, sad world. So since we're talking about a female-led superhero movie that came out from Marvel this month, let's talk about the lead actress, my favorite Asian woman, my favorite trans man, my favorite black man. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> so Scarlett Johansson is actually, allegedly, because I don't want to get sued myself by ScarJo or Disney, allegedly, is suing Disney because they release Black Widow the same day on Disney Plus as they did on theaters, which cut into her check. Mm-hmm. And I am on ScarJo's side because fastest way to get the fastest way to piss me off is when you become funny with my money and you're not a entity of your word and so she is suing for lost wages and damages um and at first i was just like okay whatever you know it's probably just scarjo versus disney which i'm like girl that that don't seem like it's gonna work it's fucking disney but then kevin feige popped his head in it was like it's a reported that kevin feige is like no this movie's not going to do so hot because you jumped it on Disney Plus, and Disney Plus makes it so easy to pirate this film. So Kevin Feige is right on that conjecture, if he said that allegedly. So yeah, Black Widow's not only coming for blood and her family, but she's coming for you, Disney. Watch out, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So I heard that um, there were some experts that say she um, lost approximately fifty million dollars because it wasn't. Um, released in just exclusively theaters. So mm-hmm. this will probably not be the first of people who have in their contracts stating that all of their films need to go directly to uh, theater. So yeah, um, this this will be interesting to see. I mean, because HBO Max does this with a lot of their major title films that are coming out. Um, I mean, we have The Suicide Squad next week, um, which we'll definitely be talking about. So who who knows? But to play yeah. devil's advocate, play okay. However, I am on jo- uh, Scarlett Johansson's side, but she probably signed that contract before there was even a pandemic, and so, mm-hmm. like, they didn't know that there was going to be a pandemic, and that lots of people wouldn't be able to be able to go see it in the theaters, and they still release it on Premier Access. I just didn't know if she didn't get any of that money. Does she not get so, any of the money from Premier Access? No. And so Grace Randolph is my favorite YouTuber, and she actually broke down the movie math because uh, Black Widow made about $250-plus million this opening weekend, but like 80-plus million of that was from Disney+, Plus, not from going to the movies. Mm. But I wish there was a way that pirating was harder than what it is. Like, if this was, like, in the 90s, like, yeah, like, whatever. It'll just be shitty quality. But pirating has become so, is so easy, and it's become easier with these uh, brand-new titles because they're being thrown on HBO Max and Disney+. Plus. They're losing money. So in my head, I'm like, okay, well, the contract should extend to Disney+, and HBO Max, because these are money grabbers. Like... I know for a fact I would prefer to watch a movie at my home than a theater just because comfortability, I can pause it, I can go to the bathroom when I want, I can eat what I want. You know, I don't have to, you know, 
pack a purse with McDonald's in it, I can just DoorDash my McDonald's to my home. So there's comfortability with that, but then we are taken away from these actors. Granted, you know me, I don't feel like anybody should be just making a, a $50 million off of anything. Um, but if she was promised $50 million, she needs to get her $50 million. She needs to be paid the same amount as her male contemporaries. Disney has it, so cut her that check. Yeah, I think, but I think, Candace, you bring up a really good point, though. I mean, this movie was supposed to come out prior to the pandemic, so it brings up an interesting question if maybe that's something that Disney's going to try to talk about in court was, was this contract signed before the pandemic? And it probably was. And should there have been some kind of revision beforehand um, and not sort of a, oh, sorry, the pandemic happened. Gotcha. We get part of your revenue because it went to our streaming service and not the theaters. So, I mean, you bring up a good point. Annabelle, were you going to say something? No, I just hope that changes are implemented in the future or with any current projects. I'm sure everyone's very mindful of that um, Mm -hmm. since obviously the pandemic threw things into a tizzy. Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel bad for her knowing that she lost out potentially on all that money. I mean, I remember back in second grade when I lost $20. Um, And (laughs) I mean, so that is seared into my memory. So I can imagine (laughs) how she feels hitting the pocketbook. You know what? You break. (laughs) What I love about Annabelle (laughs) is it starts off so sincere and serious and then there's the I turn. am sincere and, and Candace knows when it's coming to I know exactly as as where I coming. lost it and it <laughs> Candace goes to that. yeah I start shaking my head before she even got yeah. past the I knew it was coming Candace I, is basically the sh- oh you go ahead go, I was basically just gonna say Candace you're the straight man for a lesbian you know <laughs> you're not supposed to you, do that are you a man oh Oh, well. <laughs> no, because in comedy, the straight man is the oh, dead I know. man. I know. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> it's a comedy. But we can act. also talk about that in private. That seems Shut like up. something that we oh would my really gosh. need to. <laughs> because I, love you. I, I really love you just for you. OMG. Anyways, I was going to say, I do. it does kind of make me mad that I think I read that um, Chang Chi is going to be theatrical. Yeah theater release only and not premiere access and so mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of shady that they would do it for him but not for her Scarlett Johansson. but it's like but also like it's a different time like right so i don't know it's complicated i yeah. do i do feel it does make me mad though that they would do it for that but not right no. Well, see, here's here's what I have a problem with because if you, I don't even know the name of Sam Sam Lou. If you put his name next to Scarlett Johansson, you're gonna know Scarlett Johansson's um, filmography before you know his. Mm-hmm. That's He's not a great slight. in Kim's convenience. <laughs> you know, there's no. That's not a slight to his talent by no means. But if we're playing name value, like. You know, you put Gucci next to Walmart, Walmart's going to devour Gucci because more people go there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that, I don't think Disney meant any ill will towards Scarlett Johansson by doing this, by no means. I just think Scarlett Johansson's also on her feet, being smart, saw a loophole and saw a breach of contract. So Disney has it and they have these parks back open they can run her a $50 million check. 
That's like literally their charity work of the year, uh, philanthropic work of the year. They did that. So I'm not tripping. Um, I just, and I'm not really like, again, like I don't think anybody should ever make more than, you know, $50 million for a movie, but I get it. I understand these are blockbuster films, but still like, it's like whatever. But I too lost $20 once. So I know how she feels. Absolutely. You both can relate. It carries totally with you relate. forever. <laughs> and in the second grade, that's like a million dollars. Do you know how many like goosebump books that you can buy at the book fair? And posters Listen. and Ooh, like the raised lettering. Yes. Yes. You can buy a lot of cool stuff at the book fair with twenty dollars. All right, Theron, anything else? Well, Dave Batista. <laughs> Dave Batista's reaction to this whole Black Widow thing is pretty petty, but funny. He tweeted out earlier this morning, like, well, I told them to make a Drax movie, but they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, because, you know, there's only just so much time we could do it. I think that should be our end of our news segment, because this movie that we're going to talk about is Black Widow, which... Not gonna lie, it etched to my top five Marvel films. Wow. Yay! I mean, yeah, like it, it's a good movie because I like things that are different, that it's a little grounded in a little more realism. Um, my top five, in no particular order, is Endgame, Black Panther, um, <clears throat> Civil War, um, Thor, Ragnarok. And Black Widow. You forgot she, one. She took Black Widow took Captain Marvel spot. No, <laughs> unacceptable. Well, the reason why I like Black, the reason why I like Captain Marvel, um, it was shot like a indie film, and um, the dialogue was great. The action scenes were great. People just didn't like the movie because they didn't like Brie Larson because Brie Larson is a staunch feminist, and people who are. In the nerd culture, there's this weird subculture of incels hate when women have a mind and they're not seen as sex objects. When they saw her fully covered up in a spacesuit, they thought, oh God, the feminist agenda. But there wasn't really a fem feminist agenda other than equality and equity. But and if you don't she like was great that, in stop it, reading she, comics. She actually portrayed her character very well. Yeah, for sure. Like she's, she, she, she People just need to get over themselves. Well. How many Period. how many movies do we need about straight white guys? Five hundred. We know an infinite amount. There's never enough movies about straight white guys who have the hero complex. But let's get back on to Black Widow. So let's go ahead and do our letter grades. Uh Tyler actually let's have our guests go first. Okay. Annabelle, Candace, ladies, what are y'all's letter grades for the movie? Candace, what's yours? A plus. A plus for Candace. Ooh. What about you, Annabelle? Um, I do not have the the knowledge and wherewithal as to like characters and comic books. However, as a moviegoer, I thought it was a great movie. So I'd give it a solid A. Okay, because I was about to look up like Candace. I mean, Annabelle, where you like what you thought about the movie? <laughs> and I wish. <laughs> and ahead, Annabelle, Tyler. it's completely fine. You don't have to know the lore of Black Widow. Like that's fine. When it comes to this podcast, Theron knows way more about the lore than I do. So, yeah, that's completely fine. 
You know, she says that, but we've watched all the movies together, and she even looks stuff up and tells me about stuff. Because I like to know little <laughs> factoids. So she probably yes. actually knows more than I do. Oh, Tyler, what is your letter grade? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. My letter grade, uh, I would give this... I'll give it an A-. minus. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a really great spy movie. Um, I liked I liked how the movie started off. Um, mm -hmm. You know, kind of the flashback scene and that opening credit um, scene was was just really powerful. Just mm -hmm. um, I, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, um, before we get into the movie, but overall, yeah, yeah. letter grade A minus. I liked it a lot. Oh yeah, and so my letter grade for that, I will give it an A minus as well because there's some minor flaws, but we can get into that for sure. Um, the star of the show is Flores Pew 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 yeah. as Yelena. Um, that was my favorite character. Um, that seems to be everyone's favorite character. Everyone <clears throat> is pretty much saying that Florence Pugh stole the show. Oh, and also Pugh. before we should say this, um, I know the movie's been out for three weeks. Um, the we saw the movie um, right before we wrapped up episode six of Loki, and we didn't want to break the continuum, so we wanted to wait and do Black Widow after we wrapped up Loki. Also, we mm -hmm. took a week off last week, so that's why it's it, this movie came out three weeks ago. Um, so, spoiler alert, still in effect, just in yeah, case you haven't seen. we saw an opening seen. weekend because that we was did. what I said we had to do. I was down Period. for it. You guys texted me and asked me if I wanted a ticket, and I was completely down for it. And uh, my wife didn't show up, but I still bought the ticket. And I had two seats, and they reclined, so I was able to get all sprawled out, which I probably shouldn't have done because I did doze off a couple times. Not because the movie was bad at all, but if I'm too comfortable, no matter what I'm watching, I'll find myself waking up and not knowing what I just saw. So yeah. <laughs> that was a piece of it, too. But uh, Theron, why don't you go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and hop into this like widow what what were some of the things that you liked about it the most um for me the best part was yelena but <laughs> yeah i think yelena is the millennial uh, superhero that we need uh she basically has the sense of humor of a really fun twitter account um which i love especially when she was like explaining this science uh, behind the black widow um serum that makes you that mind controls you and she was saying like all these like big words and then her sister natasha was just like yo say it in english and then she said it in russian mm -hmm. just to piss her off i was like yeah like that's how i am with my brothers i'm gonna say it in a different language if i could yeah like um but i love the dialogue again i'm a big 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 fan of good dialogues and character interactions and mm -hmm. character relationships and each member of the Black Widow family from the dad to the dad Alexi from the mom Melina to the sister Yelena to Natasha they all felt like a genuine family that just has some fucked up values mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's what I really liked the most about the film what about you Candace and or Annabelle well I did have to dispense some belief of how high they fell multiple yes. times it's a movie. I know. It's so not real life. But uh, I know that Tyler mentioned it earlier, uh, but I did really appreciate like the opening sequence mm -hmm. um, when they had, uh, it was the cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, and I think that Tet set uh, like, a really great tone. 
of the movie mm-hmm. and seeing the imagery of the girls in the red room training. Um, yeah, it was like a slow down haunting type of version to that song right. that's more like kind of upbeat and rock as it was in the 90s. So yeah. seeing it kind of stripped down and s- slow down while seeing, you know, everyone kind of whisked away to the red room. I agree. What an allegory on like human trafficking as well. That's why I really took away from that. I was like, this is an allegory for human trafficking, mm-hmm. which they kind of go into a little later. Um, now, what about you, Candace? Um, I liked Elena very much also. And I really like when, because she was funny, but then also like badass. Mm-hmm. But like, I really liked when she talked about her vest and stuff. <laughs> and um, so many pockets. I just really thought cool. she was very like. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what I liked about it, but I liked it. Candace also loves accents. Oh yeah, I did love all the accents. Russian accents are my favorite. So it's all about it. Yeah, Florence Pugh did a really good job with the accents. Um, I I was kind of thinking that she was Russian after watching the movie, but I guess she's English. Is that yes. correct? She's Welsh. Oh, okay. Wait, I think she's Welsh. <laughs> We're looking it up. Hold on. We don't have a PR guy. She's English. Okay. Born in Oxford. Okay. She's only 25 years old. Wow, she's a youngin. Yeah, I think she had like two or three really big movies back in like 2019. There was uh, Mid- Little Women. Smar, Little Women. I feel like there was something else, so... She was in uh, Fighting With My Family. Oh, yeah. Is... Didn't that come out in 2019? Yes. Yeah, I heard that was really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's actually like, you know, like, I still watch wrestling and just beca- as a casual, so I was kind of weirded out when I saw that there was actually, like, a mainstream wrestling movie produced by the WWE, and I was like, what is this? But I was on a flight, and I watched it, and I was like, whoa, this is really good. And it was actually based on a documentary about the young lady who Florence Pugh plays, Pew Pew Pew. And the documentary is actually way better than the movie. So we open up 1995 in Ohio to the young Natasha and Yelena. And they're Mm -hmm. playing and Yelena gets hurt. They go inside. And then we see um, Alexi show up, the dad, a de-aged David Harbour come in and we don't really know what's going on but he's just like we got to get out of here so they have like a really short meal and then they take off and they show up in some kind of small airport and was it like the 90s shield is that who was after them yes shield was after mm-hmm. them. yeah and then they which technically is still hydra at this time too oh okay so they're after him and then they take off and then that's the opening credits and then we see that opening scene and then the movie uh takes place in 2016 right after the yes. battle between the avengers at the uh, airport um for violating the sokovia accord theron keep us going here so after so, this so basically uh general thunderbolt ross is just looking for natasha and thinking he's getting the like upper hand on her because he thinks he has her in this like pinned in this hotel and she's just shit talking him man she's just like you look desperate you need to give up stop this is stupid 
And so right when he busts down the bathroom door, he's just like, oh, it's just her Black Widow costume. Mama's on a boat somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, honey, I wasn't there. So what you thought she was going to do wasn't that. Yeah. So, you know, she takes this boat ride. Next thing you know, she's in a European country. I can't remember which one. But it jumps to her little sister. Uh, Yelena is on a mission, and they are looking for this woman. Um, they don't make it clear until they catch her that she is a Black Widow who has defected the Black Widow program. And Yelena is beating the crap out of her. And next thing you know, she opens the serum that stops the neural interfacing that mind controls the widows. And then Yelena now is a Black Widow on the run. Uh, which is very interesting. I just have to say, Florence Pugh, I like one that, like, even though she's a stereotypically beautiful woman, her and Scarlett Johansson, so, and the mom, of course, uh, I cannot remember, but Rachel Weiss, who played? Rachel Weiss. Weiss. They weren't, they were not depicted for the male gaze. Like, the very first Black Widow iteration in the MCU, she, like, was a little... Like, they made the belt hits hang on her hips. It was just like, why the belt right there? Because the belt, if I were to just, like, yank at it, it'll fall down. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the Black Widows, each woman who played portrayed a Black Widow, were... They looked combat-capable and efficient and meant business and wasn't trying to, like, vogue to the camera, which they kind of allude to later on into the movie. Um, We get back, and uh, the arms dealer, who I really ship him and Natasha, is at the house. Uh, Rick Mason. Rick Mason. And he's like, oh, here's your mail from Budapest. And she's like, it's Budapest. And Annabelle, you're smarter than me. Is that actually how you pronounce it? I would imagine it just depends where you're at. (laughs) (laughs) So they have this little cute back and forth. And then Natasha's like, well, I'm going to trash all these things. She takes a little drive um, after she's like watching. uh, I think it was Caesar. Um, She she was watching um, 007. Oh, 007? I thought it was Caesar. Ciao. That's all on the nose. Her uh, electricity goes out in her little space trailer she's living at because she's under the grid now, y'all. And she drives out. She's on the highway. She's on a bridge. Next thing you know, boom. Mm-hmm. Taxmaster hits her ass with a rocket launcher when she's in the car. So this is another reason why I had to agree with Annabelle that I had to like suspend my disbelief with this. Because in the comic books... Natasha has a super soldier serum that's different from Captain America's. Hers de-age her, it makes her a little more durable, makes her jumpy and faster and has like peak human like reflexes and flexibility. So there's a lot of instances where I'm just like, this is plot armor and I kind of hate this, but I'm in a movie, so I need to just take that away. So what are your thoughts on the plot armor within this film? Because there was a lot of it. Define plot armor. Plot armor is basically like, you're going to survive this nasty fall because you're the you're, you're the driving force of the plot. So think Batman, when he can just beat all the superheroes who can literally flick his head off. Uh, I mean, that's like every action movie, right? 
unless you're watching like Game of Thrones, where there's literally no plot armor because nobody's safe in that show. I mean, uh, I feel like that's every movie, right? I mean, the only time we really, I mean, what's, what was the biggest death that we got out of the entire, of the entire MCU? I mean, it's Iron Man, right? But, but it took see, like 20 something is, movies for that to happen. But see, the thing is with Iron Man, it makes sense. He's in this like machine ecto suit that protects him and, you know, takes some of the blunt force. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Captain America, it makes sense because he's a super soldier and he's durable. Jessica Jones, part of her thing is like, you can stab me, but I'll just heal quickly. Uh, Luke Cage has unbreakable skin. Mm-hmm. T'Challa is in a vibrating cat suit, which, by the way, I thought about it the other day. I too want a cat suit. Not a vibranium one, but just a cat suit because I think I could rock a cat suit because I'm tall. But, like, her and Clint Barton, he got an arrow and she does roundhouses. And I was, I was thinking about, like, watching the first one. I'm like, what do y'all actually put into this film? Like, y'all already tatted up, you know, Scarlet Witch's brother and, like, traumatized her a little bit more. Now, why is it, you know, Natasha, they throwing her 50 feet in the air and she's just fine? Just make it make sense. Well, because she was trained to be a killer, right? In the Red Room? Just because you trained to be a killer, if a super soldier bop you upside the head one, you ain't gonna survive that. If the Credible Hulk just you in the face you're not gonna live through that but i mean it has to have all of these acrobatics because you can only roundhouse kick so many times <laughs> like, taskmaster's round- not i didn't think taskmaster would had super anything i thought they just had a suit on yeah so i thought the suit enhanced taskmaster right well i mean taskmaster- I taskmaster's power was to um M- mimic other mim- people's mimic fighting. other people's fighting skills mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that's why right. it was so tough. I think for them to fight, and they were so kind of evenly matched because they knew each other's fight moves. Now the yeah, rocket so. launcher is a different story, but yeah, Taskmaster, sure, we can we can we can handle that. But the, I will say the mirror fight was cool. Like when she goes for the uh, head scissors takedown into the drop, and then like Taskmaster's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna land it," and then hit my own. That was kind of cool, but I wanted more. Well, I think it would be so boring if like like Black Widow every time they jumped out of a two-story building and she fell and they're like let's go avengers and she was like oh, i gotta sit this one out guys i rolled my ankle you'd be like oh god not again black widow why do we bring her and then clint like messes up an arrow shot and then like the you know the arrow shoots weird and it like jams his hand in some way he's like god damn i jam my hand like i gotta sit this one out too guys they're like we really need you man like that would suck if it was like too realistic where they like rolled their ankles because like they're in their 30s, right? So they would definitely... I roll my ankle just walking to the kitchen. So there's no way. <laughs> so there has Maybe to be... Just... Yeah, they have to have that plot armor because they would be like us, just like they would sleep on the pillow wrong and they'd be like, can't fight today, guys. I know the world is needing us, but I've got a crink in my neck. I'm out. <laughs> I think I would I watch that some... movie. Right? I too. The not so Avengers. <laughs> the where are they now? It's like them in the in like the eighties, like in their eighties. Like <laughs> I would watch that because I like the in life things. I love yeah. it. So, so uh, during the fight, like Natasha realizes, oh, this person's not after me. They're after this box. She opens it and she notices there's a picture from her childhood with her and her younger sister Yelena. Mm-hmm. So. Taskmaster bops her ass off the bridge and he goes for the box and there's nothing in the box. 
gasp. Mm-hmm. We fast forward. Natasha knows that her little sister is wait not really waiting for her, but is calling for her. She goes to their little safe house in Budapest, mm-hmm. and she's sneaking around, stalking the hallways. And then Yelena's just like, "Bitch, I know you out there. Like, stop sneaking around." And then we go into the second cool fight scene of the uh, of the show of the movie. They're going at it. Stab throwing knives at each other, body slamming each other. Then they get into the stalemate where they try to strangle each other with the curtain. But Natasha realizes Yelena's not choking me back. And she stops. Mm. And she's like about to like choke out her little sister. We have some interaction, some backstory about what's going on with the Black Widow program and the mind control dust. And basically we need to get... Um, you know what? They really don't talk about how they're going to get the cure to the other widows. They just kind of just like, let's find our parent, our, our fake parents because they'll know more information about it. Well, I have something to say once we kind of get to the end when we get to like cons of the, yeah. of the movie. But yeah, I mean, so the big baddie right now that we're trying to find is Drakov. He's kind of the, the big baddie here. They need to try to find him. Um, so it becomes kind of a heist movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but to find him, they have to free Alexi. So we fast forward to present day, and present day and here's 2016. So they have to go to a prison where Drake uh, or uh, I'm sorry, Alexi is at, and they break him out, and he's older now, and has put on some weight, as you do when you get older, and has in prison, hair, and in prison just arm wrestling the shit out of people and winning and they break him out and um they bring him back to um uh um what was her name Milan- melina's house not melania trump oh, i was gonna say that gonna <laughs> she do kind of look like melania trump though i was like so this is where donald trump found her in the red room <laughs> jesus christ and uh, we, we learned that he was the Red Guardian, which I had actually not, uh, I wasn't very familiar with the Red Guardian, but I guess it's Russian's Captain America. Um, yeah, I didn't know Red too much Guardian about Red Guardian. Is a, he's a C minus character, if mm. anything. Uh, he showed up and, okay, this is about to sound weird, but let's go down this really fun comic book rabbit hole. He showed up in the debut comic, no, it was Red Dynamo, but in the comic books, Alexei was. Natasha Romanoff's husband. Oh, yeah. But then he died, allegedly, but he didn't. They actually turned him into the Red Guardian and basically gaslit Natasha into thinking that her husband had died, um, but he never did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's right. I do remember hearing about that that canon mm-hmm. of yeah. Black Widow and Which is funny Red because, Guardian like, in the, in the comic books, her name is actually Natalia Romanova. But they call her Natasha Romanoff as, like, one of her, like, alias names when she, like, defected from the Russian whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just so strange. But uh, we get this really cool, like, prison heist uh, high, uh, breakout scene. Um, and before that, we kind of skipped where uh, the Black Widow brigade, you know, smashes through Budapest, tries to get the sisters, Taskmaster whoops their ass. Yelena with snarky ass comments that are hilarious as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then they kind of find out, like, why Natasha left the Black Widow uh, by using Dracoff's daughter, which is callback from Avengers 1. Loki and her had that conversation as bait to make him go explodey pants. Um, so there's that. Well, to, we to piss her off, right? To, no, he said that to make her mad, but then right. she was like, yeah, you, you, but she just manipulated him to get her way All and right. get information right. out of him. So she's like, oh, we know what we're doing. Okay, so this is what you're doing. Thank you for your cooperation. Uh, but then Yelena brings up the male gaze posy thing because she's like, why do you fight like people are watching you? You do that thing with your hair and your arm out <laughs> and you... So I thought that was a really fun comment. One thing about that scene was, I don't know if this is really true, but like when she was getting down to do the pose and she did it kind of slow, like she was kind of sore from like fighting, yeah. you know, like I thought mm -hmm. that was really cool. I don't know if that's what your intention was, but that's what I got from it. Me too. I took it as, you know, I'm, I got my ass beat. Like I'm still going to talk shit. I got my ass beat. And they, she even said, I don't think the space God needs ibuprofen. I do. Uh, <laughs> So I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, we go back to the uh, heist. And to be honest, their dad is so bumbling, but like in the most adorable way. And, you know, Natasha's like, don't cause a scene. And he makes sure it's to cause a scene on his way out. <laughs> oh, gosh, it was funny. Yeah, it, it was it was a good it was a good scene. And mm. once they go back, there's that uh, reuniting um, scene where they get the family back together. And we know that Natasha learns about who her true family was and that Alexi and Melina weren't her, you know, actual parents. Um, but mm. for Yelena, it felt real to her. So that was a really well, touching moment. You got to think, too. Like, was Anna, uh, Candace, wasn't she, like, six when they took her away? And she was, like, maybe a baby when they put the family together. So she didn't know. Um and in my second watching, I found out she didn't know because in the car, the mom's like, we're going home when they're escaping America. And she's just like, mom, you're so silly. We just left home. And I was like, oh, she didn't know. Like, she didn't know. Right. How? That's fucked up. Yeah. Childhood trauma all over that one. Yeah. So uh, basically, they find a way to get up to the red room, which is upstairs. We're just going to kind of skip through this because it's a long movie or not a long movie but it's a movie so we'll it's a movie. skip to it so yeah final scene third act of the movie they're on the they're at the red room which is kind of floating up in the air and that's where we get our final fight scene where black widow fights drakov and there's um let's talk a little bit what, what's cool is they brought back like the face swapping technology which i don't know mm -hmm. why that's not used more i mean i know she used it in winter soldier but I'm surprised it's not used like a lot more throughout the MCU. Because they movies. want Mystique to show up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they want I Mystique. Love Mystique. Like, I do too. Um, yeah, the final, the last, this is where my gripe comes into the movie. So, overall, the movie's a great movie, but like the third act was a lot of CGI, um, unnecessary CGI. And then just like that plot armor, but I understand it's a movie. Um, but it was, excuse me, if I, it's a comic book movie. So I, I, I'm going to have to rewatch it and just change, probably change my opinion. But 
it was just very just like I know for a fact a human person is not going to be able to like fly down the air and stick a knife on a glass falling big chart of glass and like keep their arm because just the velocity alone would have just ripped her arm off mm-hmm. but uh one of the biggest things that we we <laughs> failed to mention because I know we're trying to rush through this movie now to kind of get to our next segment the biggest plot twist which I don't know if any of you all saw this coming I didn't was that Drakov's daughter was actually Taskmaster all along. So Natasha's really wrestling with this guilt of, have, of having killed a child, and she's going to kill Drakov because she thought she killed him, um, just um, and knew that she killed a kid in, in the result of doing so. Um, and then she learns that Taskmaster was actually Drakov's daughter. And we're now Theron and in Candace and Annabelle, if you guys know this, chime in. Were a lot of people I've heard that some of the biggest gripe was a lot of people didn't care for Taskmaster in this movie. Um I didn't have any problems with Taskmaster, but I know some of the conversations that I heard, some people didn't like that character. Like didn't like I guess they didn't think I guess they were upset that Taskmaster wasn't a guy. That's what was part say. of the cry. That's why. And then I don't think I personally don't think that. Look, there is people who are griping about Taskmaster being um, gender bent, but again, who cares? I don't really care about that. Taskmaster's character was never based on like his gender. Um, now it's like a character like Black Panther, who's like in his like one of his big character traits is he's a staunch, proud African prince in basically Niger- you know futuristic Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And you put a white man there, then that's when it becomes problematic. But um, the issue for me was I think they wasted Taskmaster. Taskmaster should have stayed a villain. Mm. Taskmaster like defected back to the Black Widow group so easily. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, your daddy ain't shit, but like this bitch blew you up. You just, I'm sorry, you blow half my beautiful ass face up. That's why I go by Versace because I'm, you know, my face is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But if you blow up my face, I'm not gonna look at you and be like, thank you for it. Like, yeah, you helped me, but I'm coming for you, bitch. Yeah. And if I can't get you, I'm gonna come for your dumb ass sister and your daddy too. Your mom's fine because she ain't really do nothing to me. But your mom, your sister, and your mom and your daddy are mine. Yeah. I'm gonna kill them myself. So no, I just. It was a poorly executed moment. I think the twist was cool because I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't either. Yeah. Um, I, but that that was some of the gripes that that I'd heard just from you know mm-hmm. j- just from online was some were upset that Taskmaster, you know, wasn't who it was to the comics. But if you don't know by now, the MCU doesn't follow verbatim what the comics say you know there's always changes i mean you're always going to find a movie and say well in the comics they did this well in the comics they did this but then it goes into which canon of the comics are you reading you know because there's various different story arcs with these same characters so i mean i thought it was pretty cool um i I, I like podcasts i listen to a podcast um and they're really big marvel fans and they go over the um you know, all stuff Marvel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, they have said that they like that they change it a little bit because then they don't know, like, exactly what's going to happen every time. Exactly. Like, yeah. think about WandaVision. 
WandaVision is based off of the House of M. If they did the full-blown House of M story, WandaVision will be a 60-hour long movie because it's going to intertwine the X-Men, intertwine these people, this, 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 this. And then we all know that she did it. So if you looked at Civil War, it would have been probably a, 50, a 25, I mean, I would love it probably, but like it would have been a 20-hour film. So like I, they change it. I like it. They have to change it to the narrative and make it digestible for people who don't read the comic books. Mm -hmm. So the, for them changing Taskmaster, I didn't care. You know, no one complained when they changed Killmonger because he is not a Black Panther clone. He is a whole nother entity. He's basically Umbaku um, in the comic books. You know, so it, it, it comes with its territory. It's like I mean, Captain Marvel. People got mad because Marvel was a woman, and I'm just like. Who gives a shit? Mar like I, I, if the character's big thing is their gender or race, then yes, let's leave it where it's at. Like you wouldn't change Marvel Girl, who's like this staunch feminist, into you know Jean Grey, who was the super like allegory for feminism and like its waves when she first started out to be a man. It would just be weird. I'm like, then just use one of her kids. She has a son named Nate who has the same power set as her. You know, like. It, you know, it's just people want to get mad or find themselves to be offended because when they see reputation, rep, rep, representation, they think that they're going to be erased. But you can never erase somebody who's always been represented. Basically, representation is equity. There's enough pie for all of us and then we're going to put more pie into the pot that has less amount of pie. There's nothing wrong with that. You're still going to get your fucking pie. Mm-hmm. And that's how I explain equity to my 10-year-old nephew and his 12-year-old brother when they get on my fucking nerves. <laughs> so the movie pretty much ends like this. There, there's the big fight on the spacecraft. Drakov. Um, <laughs> was it a spacecraft? Yeah, it's an aircraft, whatever. Uh, no, I was just wondering. I was like, was it no, a spacecraft? Yeah, no, know. it's not. Sorry. So it's an aircraft. We the... We're not in space. No, I'm saying. So everyone falls down. Drakov goes in his escape ship. Um, but... Uh, Belova takes it out, boom, he's dead. They make it to the ground, right? And then um, they use the red dust to cure Drakov's daughter, uh, Antonia, uh, freeing her from the basically mind control that she has to the Red Room. Um, they kind of live ha happily ever after. They go their separate ways, and that's when we see uh, the Quinjet shows up that Mason brings for uh, Natasha. She cuts their hair, dyes their hair, and then we see a post-credit scene um, at the end of the movie. Uh, Theron, how about you talk about this? Because you actually knew about this post-credit scene before Black Widow even came out. So yes. we saw. So go ahead and talk a little bit about that and what other so Marvel show this ties into. Valentina, the Contessa, shows up, and I told Tyler back in when did we have your party, Annabelle? Could we watch Black? We watched an episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was in April. April. In April. Yes, yeah, so in April. I. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, it's like a lifetime ago. I turned to Tyler and I, we see Val, and I was like, "You know, she was supposed to show up in Black Widow first. And he was like, "No, she wasn't." I was like, "Yeah, she was. She was going to show up in the mid-credit scene and recruit Yelena." And so when we jumped to Black Widow. There she is in the mid-credit scene recruiting Yelena. And she's just, you know, it's uh, the, the mid-end credit scene. 
takes place after the events of Endgame. So Natasha is dead. They're in Ohio. And uh, Yelena is pay- paying her respects to her older sister. And it's kind of sad, you know. It, was, it actually really got me. And also she was dressed like Cher from Clueless. Um, like a punk rock version. And, you know, as she's sitting there, you kind of hear footsteps. But it's implied that, like, we don't, we're not supposed to hear it. But Yelena hears it. And she's like, I heard you. What are you, you know, you're not supposed to be here on my day off. And then we pan over. It's Valentina. Val, for sure. Well, we're introduced to Val because she starts blowing her nose. Yeah, she blows her nose, but she heard her walking. Yeah. You have to rewatch the movie because there's a lot of, like, little instances where you're supposed to, like, pick up, like, they're hearing this. We're not. We're not supposed to hear it. But, like, she catches it. Right. Like, you hear her footsteps coming up, and she blows her nose. She goes, I heard you walk up. You're becoming sloppy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, basically... She's like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm so sad that your sister's fucking dead. Do you want to know who killed her? You want your revenge? And then she pulls out an iPad, which, spoiler alert, Disney only lets the heroes have Apple products. And so the fact that Valentina has one tells me that she's the true hero of the MCU. And she had Clint Barton on the fucking iPad. And it's like, this is your next target. He fucking stabbed your sister up. That's why she in the gram. Hmm. And then it fades to black. So Yelena's going to fuck some shit up. I was excited when she pulled out the iPad because I have the same cover for my iPad. Oh, yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> we looked at each other and we we're like, oh. Yeah, didn't y'all mention that at the end of the movie? Yeah. You're like, I have that iPad cover. This, this is like such a cool little Easter egg. That was funny. Now, um, Hawkeye is going to be a show, right? Hawkeye is going to be a show okay. and they're going to introduce Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling it now. I don't think Clint Barton's going to make it. Granted, in the comic books, he doesn't die by the hands of Yelena. Yelena's not even a big deal in the comic book, so I already know they're going to make a push for her in the next few years in Marvel. So, Well, granted, we don't know what they're going to do because they will go against the grain of the comics. I would love it if Kate Bishop and Yelena get together because in the comic books, Kate Bishop is a lesbian. So I'm just like, yeah. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, Kate Bishop is a socialite lesbian. Well, that was our rundown of Black Widow. I forgot a lot about that movie because it was three weeks ago and I've slept a lot (laughs) since then. And I wasn't taking notes because I was in a theater and I didn't want to be that guy. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Candice, Annabelle, do you have any other thoughts or comments about the show or the movie rather? I know that I was really looking forward to the movie, not so much the content, but just mm. the company. Um, yeah. It was the first time that we had gone to the theater with friends in quite some time. So I was really excited Aww. to see y'all's faces and just sharing. We had such a good day together. that day. We did we have had a good such day. A good day. Traffic was terrible. It was, wasn't it? The whole food situation. I was, Ugh. we were, we had like a, we were scheduled to eat like a late lunch and then we, the place we were going to go to had like a four hour wait time. <laughs> so we were like, okay, let's try to go. And it took us 30 minutes to drive our vehicles a hundred yards because we had to like take the back route, like go around and we couldn't get a turn on and there construction in that area. It was, it was a whole mess, but, um, it, it was, it was a good time. That was my second movie post Pandy. Um, um, Pandy one, if you will. 
Um, Pandora box. And uh, I, I too enjoy the company mm. of uh, fellow Marvel fans. Well, let's do this new segment that we have. Um, we're going to call this segment Top 5. And since we are reviewing a movie about a female Marvel character, we thought we would go ahead and do our Top 5 favorite Marvel characters. These can be heroes. These could be side characters. If Ant- Female characters. Female characters, as I stated a moment ago. So if Aunt May is your number one, that's cool. Um, she might be my number one. Stay tuned to find out. So the way this works is we will kind of round robin this and I'll let Candace go first. Annabelle, chime in because I know you may not have a full five list and that's totally fine. If you and Candace want to share a list, that's cool. But whoever you have, chime in with them. So Candace, for example, when if you say a character that I have higher on my list, I will say bump and then we will go to me and then I'll go. And then if somebody also has that character, that same character on their list, they will say bump, and then so on and so forth. And then we'll just kind of talk about what we like about that character. So, Candice, who is your number five female Marvel character? Okay, listen, I'm probably going to give this list, and then later I'm going to be like, oh, man, why didn't I say this person? It's okay. So, I'm going to go with number five as Agent Maria Hill. Okay. Just because what do you like about her? I think she's cool. Obviously, <laughs> I like them all for the same reason, but yeah. hmm. I wish she had some more scenes, and I and and I wish she was um, in more of the newer movies. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the agent. Now, was she introduced in the? Um, where was she introduced? I think she was Iron introduced Man in. Yeah, Iron, Iron Man, Man 2. Gosh. She's so played by uh, Colby that. Schmulders. Yeah. Uh, Maria Hill. Mm. Mm. I personally don't like Maria Hill in the comic books, but in the movies, they make her more likable because in the comic books, she's just very power hungry and she wants to overthrow everybody and run S.H.I.E.L.D. on her own. Um, but she's definitely not in my top five for sure. But I well, do this respect. Is, this is her oh, top five. This so. is for um, I thought the, this was the MCU. <laughs> so I don't know about her in the comics. She's not in any of the comics that I read. Uh, my number five <laughs> is Felicia Hardy, the black cat. There it is. See, Theron? You all can't see this, but there it is, Theron. There's that face. I'm uh, not making a face. I think she's badass. Listening. I think she's, she's badass. I like uh, the back and forth between her and, and Spider-Man. Um the Black Cat series that I read with her in Spider-Man was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's she's pretty badass. And um, I don't know if we're going to see... I know we had Felicia Hardy. She was in, what, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man? Three. She was in three? Mm-hmm. I thought she was in she two. Was in... What, doesn't Felicia... She Felicia... was Who? She was in Amazing Spider-Man 2, actually. I'm right. sorry. See, not going to lie, I didn't watch that. Because I didn't like the first one, so I figured I wouldn't like the second one either. So I skipped on that one. That's on me. But yeah, I like Black Cat. She's pretty cool. Theron, who's your number five? Uh, my number five is actually a very popular Marvel character, and we already mentioned her earlier. It will go to the one, the only, the blue shape-shifting bitch herself, Mystique. I like Bump. Mystique. Be- Bump. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about it later. 
All right. Well, then it's Mystique for number five. What about you, Annabelle? <laughs> well, I don't have a full top five, um, but I do like R.C. Lewis. <gasps> I forgot about her. What? She's also on my list. Oh. Special mention. Oh, Darcy. Darcy. She's smart. Mm-hmm. She's sarcastic. I also like Kat Dennings. Yeah, Kat Dennings is gorgeous. Cool. Yeah. Like She's fun. Yeah. So, yeah, yes, Darcy. Justice for Darcy. I feel like Darcy kind of got shafted at the end of WandaVision. I agree. She just kind of, she kind of just bounced. But I guess I looked up. I guess um, Kat Dennings may or may not have been in Australia at that time for another movie. So they like that... CGI'd her in or something? No, like she didn't. Tyler, they don't film a whole episode in one day. It's multiple days. I thought she was supposed to be in... No, I'm aware. Um, I thought she was supposed like, to be in... Like, at the uh, very end... The, um... Doctor Strange 2. No. She's gonna be in uh, the third... Allegedly, it's supposed to be in the third... The uh, fourth installment of Thor. Oh, uh, okay, that's... I Okay. Yeah. My bad. I knew she was supposed to be in something. I just couldn't remember what. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Candace, uh, so, what about your number four? I have Spider Woman, Jessica Which Drew. Which one? Okay, I was like, there's like four different ones. Oh, there's I only know Drew. about Jessica Drew because that's the only comic that I, um, that's the one the comic that I saw her in. Okay, nice. Tell us why you like Jessica Drew. I don't really have a good reason. That's okay. That's I think totally she's fun. cool. Okay, that's awesome. My number four is Shuri. Shuri? Yeah, <gasps> Dang it, fine. I should have said her. I love her too. I thought it was Shuri. That's my bad. I thought Shuri. it was Shuri. I guess your list can just keep shifting. Why Shuri? Man. <laughs> Why Shuri? I... She too is just a badass. And in the movie, she just gets shit done. She knows how to handle her business and I think in Black Panther 2 she's gonna take on the roles of Black Panther possibly she's really funny yeah she is funny um I think they fired Letitia Wright actually did they yeah I think so because she's been like she's the young lady who plays Shuri I think they actually there's another they hired this uh, I this is my guess because Letitia Wright has been acting crazy on Twitter. Mm. Like, she's been, like, saying these really crazy anti-vax things, these very homophobic, transphobic things, because she's like, well, I'm a Christian, that's why I'm saying these things. And I'm just like, you're you're not being really cool. But um, there, I, let me look up the actress's name. Mm-hmm. She's from I Will Destroy You. And they... Oh, I, that show on HBO? Yes. Yeah, Amy uh, watched it. I will destroy you. The main actress, uh, Michelle Coyle, Cole, Cole, Cole. Allegedly, the rumor is people think she's playing Madame Slay. A lot of other people think that she is taking over the role of Sir uh, Shuri because Letitia Wright's also like not only just like the weird transphobic and anti-vaccination t- tweets, but she's also like sending really rude tweets and crazy tweets to Disney and saying this movie shouldn't be happening. I don't want to be in it. So I think she either quit or was or was fired. So, because her Twitter really? was crazy. Yeah, now her tweets are like not. I don't know if they're still up or not, but like her Twitter has been crazy since the pandemic started. Huh. 
I did yeah. not know about that. Oh, okay, I guess this all happened back in like late 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I just Googled it. So I, I'm not on Twitter. So because of that, I'm sort of left in the dark with a few things. So that's unfortunate mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of bad. So I will choose my number four. My number four, um, my fourth favorite Marvel character. You're going to find a trope here. I'm really big on the X-Men. It's going to be the one, the only, Emma Frost. She's oh, right cold. On. She's calculated. The epitome of bad and bougie. A woman who wants what, gets what she wants and knows what she wants. And is not afraid to have to dip onto the dark side to get what's needed to be done. And she's morally gray. And she's just very... She's written with intention most of the time when you got a good writer behind her. And her power set of turning into a giant diamond is just like opulence. Yeah. She was in, what, X-Men New Class? So I don't talk about, I don't talk about any of the X-Men movies. <laughs> I only I talk about the giggling. comic books. <laughs> when you said opulence, I know that Candace is thinking of Drag Race. Opulence, <laughs> you own <laughs> everything. <laughs> I think Paris bur- Paris is burning when I say think of the word opulence. All right, so your number four was Emma Frost herself. Uh, mm-hmm. Annabelle, do you have a number four? I just have one person left, so I guess they might as well be my number four. You don't want to say it for your number one? You should just save it for number one. Can just well, she my, doesn't have a top five. Person. I think I might bump anyway. My other person is Nebula. I actually don't have Nebula on my list. Wow. I thought about it, though. Oh, we got a bump, so we're waiting. Candace with the bump. All right, Candace, who is your number three? Nebula. Oh. Well, do you want Annabelle to go ahead and talk about her since you just bumped her? Yeah, Annabelle, you talk, please. Uh, Well, one of the things I like about Nebula is it actually um, reminds me somewhat of Candace. She can be very intense, (laughs) um, hyper-focused sometimes. Uh, I know that she just very much wants to please and sometimes feels restricted by roles. Um, I know that there's the scene with her and Tony Stark playing like paper football, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of suspended in space. And yet, even within that game, it's just this, just wanting to master the game. Yeah, there's that competitive edge that she that she has. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. It's actually a really good assessment. I like that paper football game because it's like, you know, kind of like a day in the life thing, and I like those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I like the whole competition that she has with Gamora throughout the movie. I do think her story is sad, mm-hmm. but I do like that she becomes a good guy at the end. Yeah. And they become sisters, like sister sisters. Yeah, I agree. Um, my number three is Black Widow, actually. We just talked about her. We don't have to go too much into her. We already talked about her. I like Black Widow. Okay. Um, I've, I don't know, I've been watching these Marvel movies since, you know, when she was introduced to us in, what, like 2011 or something, 2012, you know, in Iron Man 2. And we just were able to see the 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 character development from her and learn more about her past and the and this last movie we just reviewed so yep yeah, i like 
Black Widow is my number three. Woot. Theron, your number three. My, num- my number three is Jessica Jones because she's one of the one of the few female characters before like the shift in like how writers wrote female characters um, mm. to be more realistic. Uh, I first heard of Jessica Jones back in 2003. I was 11 years old and I just happened to see the cover art of the comic book and I loved it because it was watercolor. And so I begged my alcoholic father to get it for me and he didn't care what was in it. He just wanted his kid to stop yelling at him and to read. And I read the entire Alias series, which is extremely graphic and extremely adult, but it was so good. And I loved the whole like, you know, I was a superhero. I tried to do the right thing, but by doing the right thing, I got burned. Mm. And now I'm just going to do it a different way. I can superhero. I could be a superhero by saving the day in another way. I don't have to fight crime by throwing a truck. Even though I have the power to throw a truck at someone, I can solve a crime. I can help a mom. I can help this. I can just help people. So and then she became a news reporter. So I just thought Jessica Jones' this whole story arc of her being an alcoholic to her, like, granted she got pregnant, but she became sober and she maintains her sobriety. And even in the newer comics today, she married Luke Cage and has the prettiest little baby I've ever seen in drawing form, of course, named Danielle, named after Danny Rand. So it's a good, it's it's a good, uh, good character. They don't go into the origins of her powers in the Jessica Jones series, do they, on Netflix? See, not, okay, so season two of, this is when, uh, Season two was kind of uh, a Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. and they just rechanged it and said she was experimented on. But in the comic books, what happened? She got into a car wreck with her family, which they still have in the movie, in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Gets into a car accident, and these uh, Stark Enterprise chemicals like jump all over her, and it imbues her with their superpowers. Oh, so I... in the go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I tried to watch that show, and it was too scary for me. <laughs> How? Because that guy, that purple guy, is scary. Oh yeah, Kilgrave, the purple man, and in the comic books, his skin is actually purple, uh, which is really cool. So, like in the comic book, Jean Grey gives her therapy because Jean Grey's a licensed therapist in the comic books. A lot of people don't know that, mm-hmm. um, and she gives her a trigger to where if she is ever under his control, she can like click this trigger in her brain to get out of it. And so at the end of her comic book, she uses this trigger, which is like technically, this is how you use a coping skill, but it's a psychic link. Uh, you know, Jean Grey pops in her head and she's like, hey girl, like, remember, like as our therapist, you know, we, we do therapy or go to therapy. Remember to use your triggers and use your coping. Remember, oh, sorry. She said, remember to spot your trigger and use your coping skills, basically. And so she did. And then she socked him in the face and like saved the day. I didn't know so, that about yeah. Jean Grey. I probably should have. It was probably like quickly mentioned in some of the comics that I read, but I haven't done mm. enough deep dive into her. Yeah, they usually don't really play up their real people jobs because uh, like Storm's a freaking florist. No one talks about <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like I can wipe out an entire town with a tsunami, but on the side, I get to like to put together flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your number two? Um, Candice. Um, my number two is X-23, a.k.a. Laura Kinney, a.k.a. Nice. The New Wolverine. Yeah. Yes. 
Laura Kenny is everything. I thought about putting her on the list. And um, so I started reading her comic before Logan came out. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really wish they would uh, like make a sequel f- like about her because I think she's a really interesting character. But it probably won't happen. What did you? What th- I want. What did you think of the Logan movie, Candace? In I thought it was really good. I did too. I had it on Blu-ray and it had a black and white version, like the noir version. Um, so I watched it. I've only seen it in black and white, and oh. it was. It was cool. And I can totally see her being that way in that situation as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is weird with the X-23 story because she's a clone but not a clone. It made, like, because in the comic book she was, like, born. Mm-hmm. Like, she was birthed by her mom. So, like, it's just, she like, says, like just... Logan's her dad, but, like, I'm like, well, you're his clone. Like, I don't understand. Because you're like, you're taken from his DNA. But I don't know if that technically makes him your dad. So, like, in the comic books, again, it's kind of like artificial insemination, basically. So, I'm just like, it's not really cloning, but it's cloning. And then I was like, let's not try to make sense of this. This is comic books. Because my number one, her children story is very strange. So. Yeah. Well, so who's- can't the same be said about... The twins. Well, Wanda. yeah, that's my number one, Ty. Oh, save it. Well, my number two, uh, and I'll let you talk about her the most since I kind of stole it from you, uh, is Mystique. I think Mystique was my first like favorite um, like female Marvel character. Uh, X Men was probably the first Marvel movie that I watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was cool um, before. I didn't watch the cartoons too much, but I think I watched the movie before I even knew about the cartoons. So when I saw the cult cartoons and saw that they all had like different costumes, I thought it was kind of weird because in the movies they all had like those same like black leather costumes. So I was like, why is Wolverine wearing like this yellow ass like vest thing in this weird costume? And why is this Cyclops guy like have this headband on with his hair just kind of flowing? But in X-Men 2, which is where Mystique is introduced, um, She's introduced um, in the first movie. Is she? I thought it was the second one. Yeah. It's the first one? She's in the first one. Mm-hmm. Oopsie doopsie. Um, I thought it was the second one. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking the second one, that's when Nightcrawler's introduced. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Mystique, um, I thought it was really cool. I was like, oh, gosh, she could just change and be whoever she wants to. And, you know, and I thought that was a super cool uh, superpower. So that's who I liked was Mystique. Um, what else did you want to say about Mystique, Theron, since you had on your list the thing about mystique that i like is she's everybody's mom she has multiple children uh she's uh night crawler's mom mm-hmm. she has a son who um is uh an aunt the, his last name is creed and i can't think of his first name at the moment because it's kind of late but he's not a mutant and he's like an anti-mutant person He's basically like a QAnon agent for the comic <laughs> books. And he's the son of Mystique and Sabretooth. And then her adopted daughter with her wife, Destiny. Um, the thing is, like, people like to make fun of that Mystique has all these children. And, like, she's a cruel woman. But, like, one thing about her is she don't play about her children. Like, she adores her kids, even though they have a very complicated 
relationship. Mm. Um, she really loves Anna Marie uh, Rogue. She really loves Kurt. And then like in the elsewhere Elseworld stories, when they have like their own children, she's like a really doty grandma <laughs> who also keeps like a machine gun under like the kitchen table. And, like, so she's like, oh yeah, like I can shape shift anything else. And then she ends up like having a baby with Charles Xavier in the future and Wolverine in the future, like back to back. And I'm like, child, you just you need to slow it down, ma'am. You have a whole litter. Yeah. That's that's hilarious. So Mystique's just ready for shit to go down at any moment. Mm. Yeah, Mystique's a badass. And again, she's kind of like Emma Frost. Mm-hmm. Has to get she does what she needs to do to get things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I respect that shit. I respect the shit out of that. Once you said machine gun underneath the table, I was like, I'm mm-hmm. all in. I gotta read more Mystique comics. I gotta yeah, see that. Sure. All right. Well let's go ahead and end with our number ones. Candace, um, I cannot imagine who your number one is. So please surprise us with your number one. Pick. I think he's being sarcastic because he does know. Um, <laughs> it's obviously Captain Marvel. I started reading her comic before the movie got uh, announced. Also, it was like actually one of the first comics that I um, ever read mm-hmm. or slash picked up. And I really like her movie too. And I mm-hmm. really like her character. And I really don't have any like intelligent things to say about her, except for that I really like her. I think that's fine. Oh, I was gonna note. I think the first time that Tyler met Candace, she was actually dressed as Captain Marvel. She was. She was going to a con, and this was before the movie had come out. So um, she jumped the gun. Yes. And I was the only one dresses her. You know, I got compliments or whatever. Oh, and sure. her grandma helped her make that costume. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks good. It looks really good. Yeah, that was our first time meeting. It was in the parking lot at the school, and we were all outside. And I was like, "Who's this person dressed up?" And then I, uh, I don't even think I introduced myself to you. Um, um, I could be kind of shy sometimes, so I was just kind of like, "Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's Candace's wife. Nice. Like the costume." I'll take the hit on that one because I'm really bad with introductions. Yeah, she is. I never get introduced. I usually just jump into the fray and it's like three hours later. Just everything like, just unfolds. <laughs> three hours later, I, we're like, uh, Annabelle, who's this person with you? And you're like, yeah, oh, I usually have to say, bad. "Are you going to introduce me?" <laughs> Annabelle's like, "I was getting to it. Chill out." No, she wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah, um, um, Captain Marvel is really cool. Um, I really, I, I really enjoyed Marvel. the movie. I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. It was, it was super dope. I had a good time with it. Um, my number one is the same as Theron's number one. I have the Scarlet Witch. Oh. And. Well. Well. But I will <laughs> let you talk more about her. But for me, it's crazy. I wasn't the biggest Scarlet Witch fan until the show. I, I, I appreciated the Scarlet Witch, and I thought she was a cool character, but man that's what the beauty of a show does it really mm-hmm. it really allows you to learn more about these characters live with these characters sympathize with these character characters as they're grieving the loss and man when when WandaVision came out I mean I was so excited for Friday nights I mean I was so pumped for Friday nights mm-hmm. and when the that first episode I had no clue what we were doing with this show no clue whatsoever and I remember I was always texting Theron because Theron would watch it like either late at night or early, early in the morning. And I'd get a text message like 9 a.m. And he's like, well, WandaVision was crazy. 
and I'd be like, oh, I haven't <laughs> watched it yet. And I mean, like, just going off of like just th- by the trailer, Theron already knew what the main comic um, storyline was going to be uh, was going to be influenced by in this show. Like, he knew his House of M. Yeah. And he told me he's like, you have to go read House of M. Go read House of M. So. I did, and I really enjoyed it, and Theron's right. It would be like a 60-hour movie, but it's a 60-hour movie. I would love to I would love to see a House of M series. Like, just a whole season of House of M would be mm-hmm. fantastic. But, um, yeah, Scarlet Witch is my number one. So, Theron, go ahead and finish this off with um, Scarlet Witch and what you love about so it. So, the thing I like about Scarlet Witch is like everyone talks about you know the movie the movie and stuff and like the the TV show versions I love that Scarlet Witch in the earlier comics softened Magneto's heart like sometimes she's his daughter sometimes she's not depends on who the writer is Mm -hmm. but she was his she is his daughter back in the current canon Mm -hmm. um and, you know, she has her twin brother, and her brother and her father are very brash. And then there's her. She's like this soft, fragile woman. And I was talking about this a while back that a lot of superhero women are not written, like, with fragility. Like, it's always like, we have to be these no-nonsense women. We always got to be headstrong um, or, like, in charge or just super competent. And then when you get to Wanda, it's just like... I'm not like this. I want to like use my powers for good, but I also I'm only doing this because my dad's making me. I don't like any of it. Like it's never like she's never forcing her own hand. It's because she's, she's a product of circumstance. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, dang, I kind of feel for you. And then you like, if you read her comic books and see the trauma she goes through, it's like a slow burn throughout every, like her dad's abusive and mean to her. And then like, she's, being sexually harassed by the other members of the Brotherhood of Evil, that her brother doesn't let her do anything, and then, you know, she's going through the trauma of losing her magical, constructed children, then her husband dying, then being resurrected. It, then, you know, she has her, me- her meltdown, and I think her meltdown, though granted, it was on a, uh astronomical scale, mm-hmm. was something that happens when human beings and the human mind is pushed to a limit. And I think Brian Michael Bendis, when he wrote the house, helped write the House of M, really painted a picture of a woman who wasn't ever trying to be a superhero, but just wanted a life. And she fell into this, you know, she she was born with this power to make the reality the way she wants it. So her way of coping, cognitive dissonance, acting like it's not happening, Mm -hmm. projecting a reality that's not there, creating a narrative. And so the fact that she can do that is cool. Mm-hmm. And then just her character arc is cool. And then like the construct of her magical twins and then how they come into fruition in the real world is convoluted. It is. But it's <laughs> but, it's still fun to read. You but just it's run with it. To read. You're just like, it's it doesn't make sense, but like fully, but I'm not reading yeah. this for it all to like again, you suspend your disbelief. You're just like, okay, she right. has twins and they become the young adventures, and I'm here for it. I'm cool. And they're the like they're like the premier gay um superheroes. Both of her children are queer. Um Wiccan was first out first. He was always out. He was never like a mm-hmm. they never had this like weird in the closet storyline. He is married to the king of space right now, so he's also the king of space. He's married to Hulkling, mm-hmm. who's half Cree, half scroll. 
Um, and then his brother Speed actually came out as bisexual in a couple comics ago, couple comics ago in Young Avengers, and he's dating the X-Men prodigy. So Wanda is my favorite character because she's an avatar for depression and she has to keep her emotions in check because if she gets out of control, she loses her perception of reality and warps it with her. So I think it's kind of cool. I'm surprised we haven't seen more tattoos that say, what is grief if not love persevering? I, was I mean, really I have no more mutants tattooed on my arm, but I ain't going to get that. Right, but that's, <laughs> that's, a nerd, that's a nerdy tattoo to get because unless you read House of M, you're not going to understand that reference. But I was mm-hmm. just surprised we didn't see like an influx of like, People like got some new ink, but I I do love that that line. But I'm just surprised I did we didn't see like a flood of those um, tattoos. People yeah, coming out sure. getting those tattoos. For sure. I was gonna say, can I give some honorable mentions when you guys get done talking about uh, Scarlet Witch? Go ahead, Candice. We're yeah, more finished. Sure. Oh, okay. So um, I was gonna say um, I also really like and see. It's like I said earlier. Like um, I couldn't remember who I liked and so um I also like like Valkyrie and She-Hulk mm-hmm. and I do like Black Widow too but I also like those people yeah yeah I don't know enough about She-Hulk but of course we have the show coming out show or movie I think it's a show or the show coming out yeah um sometime maybe next year two years so I'm excited to, to learn more that's what I love about Marvel is we're just really expanding into characters that. Like, okay, but like she. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying that's what I like about what 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 Marvel's doing right now with like Phase Four and then Phase Five or whatever is that we're getting these new characters. So instead of just living with these same characters like Captain America, I mean we're getting a new version of Captain America. You know, with um. Well, I'm saying... John Walker? Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm talking about with Falcon. I mean, he becomes, like, the new Captain oh, America. Yeah. So that's what I meant by that. No, not John Walker. He can... Okay, I was like, what are you talking about? I forgot. You know, just to go back to She-Hulk, okay, she, the sensational She-Hulk comments from the 1980s are fucking funny. Um, before Deadpool was a thing, because Deadpool came out in 1992, She-Hulk was the residential fourth-wall-breaking Marvel character. Really? Um, there's a whole comic book, and I have it in my... Well, it's packed up, but I have it somewhere um, where She-Hulk basically, like, at like she gets she doesn't like the comic book, so she's like, I'm going to walk and talk to the writer. So she, like, pulls him into the comic book and, like, hey, I need you to rewrite this comic. Wow. This, make it this way. So, <laughs> so clever. Um, so one of my friends out in L.A., um has kind of leaked this to me, and I'm going to leak it. There may be some fourth wall breaking in the She-Hulk show. And there's another spoiler I know, and I really want to say it, but I don't want to get in trouble. But don't one say of my it. favorites. I'm not going to say okay, it. Okay, good. I'm gonna, I don't want to I'm going to talk about it. But Candace doesn't like to be in trouble. I don't. No, oh, I, I also love, don't like I spoilers. Show. He is <laughs> completely not lawful it. good. I do have one more person that I forgot <laughs> to mention, too. It's Who Squirrel it? Girl. I love her too. She's so cool. She's she's hilarious. I love Squirrel Girl. They need to come out with that show. They talked about it, but I haven't seen anything. Oh, that show's not coming out. She was never. They canceled that show. They never like. They didn't move forward with it. But uh, Squirrel Girl is unbeatable. 
Mm-hmm. She beat Galactus. She's beaten Thanos. Mm-hmm. And she beat up Wolverine because, like, her little clawy things. She's so fast. So- yeah, well, good times. Well, that was our top five segment. Um, and Scarlet Witch came out at number one with two of our lists. And then, of course, we had Captain Marvel Captain herself. Marvel. Well, let's go ahead and close it out. We are... Um, pretty far into the podcast. We usually do a uh, recommendation on this one, but uh, Candace and Annabelle, I don't think we prepped you both on things that people should check out. Um, do you have anything off the top of your head, or do you want Theron and I to go? Any recommendations on movies, books, comics? I'm pretty sure I do have like some, that? but I don't know what they are. That's fine. Let's go ahead and do there really quick. Let's just throw out some really quick. Um, Annabelle might have something. It's not related at all to superheroes. Doesn't Marvel, have to be or any of the universe. Mine isn't either. Um, a great show to watch is Derek, which it can stream oh, on yeah. Netflix for those Derek. streaming service. It has Ricky Gervais, and it's very British, very wry, also extremely stupid at times. Mm, funny. Uh, mm-hmm. It is not like highbrow comedy. Uh, but it is very humanizing and um, are predominantly caretakers at uh, Broad Hill, which is an elderly state-run home in England. Um, And it's a show that I will go back to just for sometimes good feels. So it's kind of an older show, right? Yeah. Okay. I've seen the, I've seen the thumbnail before it came out 2012 through 2014. Ricky Gervais. Okay. Yeah, and he's not Ricky Gervais like stupid or anything. Like he actually does really good with his. I mean, it's not like. I don't. Know, sometimes when people hear Ricky Gervais, they might think like, "Oh, this is gonna be, like a Will Ferrell stupid thing," but it's not. Hmm. Shots fired at Will Ferrell, everyone. I mean, no, no, no that's not what I meant. <laughs> but like, I'm you just, know, I'm like, just kidding. Yeah, of course. I know exactly what you mean. Every time I think of Ricky Gervais, I immediately think of The Office, The British Office, and I also think of him just roasting everyone at the Emmys, uh, which I'm here for. Theron, you had a uh, recommendation? Yeah, Lately I'm Feeling Everything by Willow Smith is so good. She's went pop punk, and she's singing about her feelings and being upset and angsty. It's good. I need to listen to that whole album. I get stuck on Transparent's, is it Transparent Soul? That's the name of the song. Mm-hmm. I just get stuck on that it's song so and I just keep it on repeat. I'm just like, okay, I need to I need to give the rest of the album a listen. But I get stuck on this mm-hmm. one song and it gets stuck on repeat. Um, it's really good. So I, I like her sound. I, I too am actually going to recommend a band, a local band out in Tulsa called Cliff Diver. They are what some people in the Tulsa emo scene would call like dad punk. Okay. Um, or it's like pop punk or emo, whatever you want to call it. The lyrics are pretty emo, which is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. They are, I always hate assigning genres to bands because, I mean, I don't know. You can call it what you want, but I would say alternative type, emo type. There's not a lot of screaming. There's a lot of um, really good melodies. The guitar player is really good, really technical. Um, lyrics, um, their um, EP that came out a couple years ago was called At Your Own Risk. 
and um, it only has about six or seven songs on it, and they're all really good. So, Cliff Diver, if you haven't checked them out, check them out on Spotify or wherever you listen to music, um, and I hope you like them. Well, Candice and Annabelle, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday, or your Friday night to talk to us about Black Widow. Um, I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for inviting us. Yeah, thanks um, for having us. I had fun. It's kind of to come on, but I do want right. you to know that I support you both 100%. I can't do more than that. It's impossible. Oh. However, um, how about a thousand percent? No, I mean, inherently, we can go to any number that you'd like. Um, <laughs> but uh, I actually downloaded Spotify in order to listen to you all and to support you. Oh, thank um, you. Oh, and uh, yes, I am very, I'm not the most, like, I guess, involved as to social media or anything of that nature. Um, and so, with this, like, I wanted to. I wasn't going to bring any new listeners or followers, uh, <laughs> but I'm very glad to be a part of it. Oh, thank you. But we really appreciate it that mm-hmm. you guys came out and, um, and joined us on this conversation of the Fox and the Stone. And I appreciate you downloading Spotify to listen to us. Uh, we really, Theron and I, we really, really appreciate the, the support. So anyone who takes time out of their busy right. schedule to listen to us talk, um, ramble more like it right because uh theron doesn't ramble it's just me as you couldn't tell throughout today's episode (laughs) all right well i'll go ahead and close this out thank you all whoever you are and wherever you are for joining us on this episode of the fox and the stone take care of yourself and we will see you later and theron i will talk to you tomorrow and as always bye. bye